Good evening and hope you had an awesome day. I'll be honest, what I wanted to share today was about a great individual whose yurt site it is and had the perfect story and lesson that I wanted to convey in his memory. But I might now save that for tomorrow. See, in life, I find that we can't be too focused on just what we have in mind, but sometimes we need to be a little more attentive to what it is that's in our hearts. Obviously, there are times when the mind should override the heart, which is an interesting study for another one of our nights together. But tonight, I've decided to follow my heart. I hope that as the saying in Hebrew goes, Dvarim hayotzi min alev nichnasim el alev, words that truly emanate from the heart will penetrate the heart. Today's actual daf, page of Talmud, is Brachot 32. And as it turns out, 32 in Hebrew is Lamed Beis, which ironically spells lev, or heart. Just another sign, I think, that I should be following my lev, my heart, tonight. I also, on a side, have to say I thoroughly enjoyed learning today's daf with a new temporary study partner, my son, Azaria, who just returned from Israel for the bar mitzvah we're making this week. We spent an hour studying the page together, a tremendous and joyful experience. There's nothing sweeter than studying and trying to grow with your children, especially when they're no longer children, but grow 19-year-olds. Today's double-sided page is a huge one and deals with many various topics of interest. However, there is a lot of focus on tefillah, on prayer. Not so much what to say, but how we engage in prayer. And I would like to focus on that a little more by highlighting just few of the points to help frame both a lesson and also the actual application of the idea tonight. First, on this daf, Rabbi Yochanan shared that anyone who lengthens their prayers, both they and their prayers are not left empty-handed. What does it mean to lengthen their prayers and why should I not go unanswered if they do? Many suggest it means that they're not just looking to simply say what needs to be said and get it over with. They don't just ask someone to say a Misha Berich on their behalf and don't simply make sure they speed through the words or hold the prayer book open until the service ended. But rather, they view prayer as an avenue to intimately communicate with God and share with Him what they are thinking and what they truly want and why. After all, if I really felt that God was listening and I had something important to say, I would take my time to formulate the words properly and speak with the utmost intention because he has all the time in the world to listen. Taking my time, in fact, shows I'm not talking to myself, but I'm talking to him, and more important, he's listening to me, which is the essence of prayer. A second point mentioned on this page by Rabbi Chama Berebi Chanina teaches that if a prayer is not answered, one should not stop praying, but rather should return and pray again and again. Just as we never tell those who we love to give up, but rather to try harder, if it is really an important prayer, then we shouldn't stop praying if it has gone unanswered, but rather we should double down, because in fact, that might just be what God is waiting for. Each person must decide how important it is to have their prayers answered, and how much they really believe in God's ability to affect the situation, not as a safety net that can't hurt, but as a real relationship with a caring and compassionate and capable God, so we continue to communicate, even if at first it doesn't seem to be working. And finally, one more passage of the Talmud relates the idea that even though the gates of prayer seem to be less open than they used to be back in the days when the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, was around, and the presence of God was more easily felt and palpable, the reality is that the gates of tears are never closed. Why the gates of tears? Because tears don't emanate from the mouth, but from the heart and depths of the soul. And that always catches God's attention. All three of these points, the one who lengthens their prayers is always answered, that when our prayers are seemingly unanswered, pray even more, and that the gates of tears are never closed, come together to teach us one main point. Prayer is not a magic formula, but a magical opportunity to communicate with the one who we believe cares for everyone and can do anything, 
if we invite him to do so. How do we do that? By taking our time to pray like we mean it, by not giving up, and by not just putting our mouths in it, but our tears as well. We hope that with the power of that kind of prayer, we see the miracles and results that we hope for. So now you might be wondering, why is this specifically on my heart today? Because someone dear to me, who also happens to be one of the hundreds of listeners on this chevra, could use some tefillot for an important surgery tomorrow. And I thought to myself, as a group learning and growing together, we should also support each other, albeit anonymously. After all, if I was in need of prayers, I would hope that each one of you would share one and shed a tear of concern to open the heavenly gates for me. And therefore, I can only believe that any one of you would hope for the same, especially the individual who could use those prayers tomorrow morning. On that note, in addition to the text of Talmud that I included in the lesson tonight, I'm also including one psalm that is often said describing how we turn to God in times of need. No pressure, but at the same time, every prayer counts. So if you feel like you can and want to, please recite it. And if you want to do an extra mitzvah, let me know you did with a simple PM saying, done. And I will tell that person tomorrow how many prayers they have going in with them to surgery. And may all of our prayers be answered for the good. Wishing you a good night, and we'll see you tomorrow.